coming up on episode 71, we will find out why Lauren Groupman is a recovering spender. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the preferred podcast by many women across the globe to help you take control of your finances. Join me, Jen Hempel, a motivational money coach and your host each week as I share with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's do it. You are here and I'm excited to have you here. If this is your first time here, I want to welcome you and thank you all at the same time. We've got another great guest today and I know you probably think I'm saying this like a broken record, but seriously, I am confident that you will love this guest. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that my Jumpstart Your Money mini guide is available, especially if you are one that is sick and tired of not knowing where your money is going to month after month and have been deathly afraid to look and see what in the world is going on. Now, this mini guide will help you do just that without the fear. We're going to take the fear out of the equation, and you can grab that over at jenhempill.com forward slash mini guide. And did I mention it's free? You've got nothing to lose and a whole lot of tranquility to gain after you do this. Now, let's move on to today's episode. In today's episode, we're going to learn why she doesn't use a credit card. And on top of that, She stays away from certain stores and TV shows. We're going to learn some insight on their home's money flow center and why it exists. We're going to learn the trick behind cutting her grocery bill from $1,000 a month to $200 a month. You heard that right. And what exactly resulted from it. And you're also going to learn how to pay yourself and what we mean by that with your very own meal planning. So let me share a little bit about Lauren Groupman. In 2010, Lauren Groupman founded one of the most popular frugal living websites that's now laurengroupman.com. It's formerly I Am That Lady. And through trial and failure, Lauren curbed her spending addiction and successfully set up boundaries to keep her safe from spending. She learned how to get real with her spending and started to learn how to make her spending a reflection of her already strong values system. Two years later, they were debt-free. And in her book, The Recovering Spender, Lauren shares with her readers her step-by-step program created to curb her own shopping addiction. And she wants her readers to be able to live a happy, fulfilled, and debt-free life. I can't wait as this is a good one. So let's go ahead and meet Laura now. Welcome, Lauren Grootman. I'm so excited to have you here on the Her Money Matters podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Jen, for having me. Well, I know you via the web and via FinCon, and I'm excited to talk to you because one, you love Aldi's. You have, I think, a slight obsession, maybe it's safe to say, on Aldi's. And you're really into meal planning. So I want to definitely learn about that. And you have an upcoming book. There's so much really to talk about. But first, right. I want to get to know you better. So you ready to start? I'm ready. Bring it on. Perfect. So first, I really always start off with how did you grow up around money? If you could tell us a little bit about your money story. 
Yeah, so I grew up in Saratoga Springs, New York, which is known for its thoroughbred racetrack and uh, ritzy places to eat. So uh, I grew up uh, in a middle class. I thought, you know, looking back now, I'm like, yes, we were middle class family, but I thought we were upper middle class growing up. Uh, I had friends that had elevators in their house and maids and, you know, huge fountains and like the works, you know. Um, and so I grew up around, around money. Uh, but yet my parents were very grounded when it came to money. We would eat out, we would shop, but there wasn't, uh, they said no a lot too. And they made us get jobs at an early age. I mean, my first job was at 14 and I, you know, I got all the basic things that we needed, but I do remember there's a few instances. And I talk about this in my book where I remember, you know, walking in on my mom while she was doing the budget and she would always sit in the dining room and she had this like eight by 10 leather bound notebook. And she would just write like all of their spending down in there. And anytime I would go in, usually to ask for money, she was doing her budget, which I was <laughs> like coincidence. I think not, but, and she would always tell me no. And she'd always be like, see, do you see this? Do you see how we don't have money for this or how close our budget is and blah, blah, blah. And I always was like, I don't care. No, I don't care. I just want money. Can I just go shopping? I could care less about money. It never was a thing for me. Like I never really cared about it. So that's how I grew up around money. You know, I learned how to work hard at a young age, but I also knew how to play hard and that got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your mom, so basically when you were going to ask her for money, she coincidentally was doing, working on the budget. So tell me, did your parents have any, you said they were grounded. What kind of money conversations, if any, did they have with you growing up? I remember going and opening my dad, taking me to open up my first checking and savings account. So they did talk about savings and they talked about checking accounts and I had a checking account at an early age and they taught me how to write checks. So, so they were involved, but there were a lot of times too, where we were bored. So we would go to the mall and go shopping and like, you know, take it. My mom sometimes would be like, okay, it's, you know, we're playing hooky from school for the day. And all of us girls would skip school because I grew up with a brother and three and two other sisters. And us three girls would skip school and we'd go out to lunch and we'd go shopping. But she taught us like to go to the clearance racks first and, and to look right. for a good deal. So I, I love, I've always loved good deals. And I've never spent a ton of money on like super expensive clothing because it wasn't really like a, a lot of a value to me. But yeah, so that's, those are the things that I remember back. There, there were a lot of money memories. Thanks for sharing that. And what would you say are your challenges around money? Ooh, I have lots of challenges around money. So, <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. So the biggest thing, and, and so my book is called The Recovering Spender. It's not called The Recovered Spender for a reason, because I feel like I will always have these struggles with spending money. Uh, even though I was raised, you know, to be wise around money and all of that. I never really cared about it. Like I said, I never really cared. I remember just anytime I would get money from a job, it would go like right out the door the next day because I would spend it right away. Like I never thought about it. And that got in, me into problems. You know, in, in college, I got my first credit card and that was just super dangerous for me. I, I realized the joy of like not having a boundary with money that I could go and spend whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And I, I got really into that. So after me and my husband, Mark got married when we were 21 years old and 
<laughs> we got married and I did the budget because that's what, what, you know, I watched my mom do the budget. So I'm like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. Like the wife's do the budget. So I started to do it, even though I had no clue what I was doing and I was bouncing checks all the time and just confused about how everything plays together. And years later, when we were 24, 25 years old, we had one child at the time. Uh, we were in $40,000 with a debt. Uh, and it wasn't like I was going to like Chanel and buying like super expensive purses and clothing. It was just normal, not paying attention to my money, using credit cards a lot, not paying things on time, late fees, job changes, just like the normal stuff that every kind of family that I work with goes through. Right. Uh, and so my biggest struggle, honestly, I can't use credit cards. I haven't had a credit card. I have one credit card for work just for expenses. But I haven't had a personal credit card in about nine years. Um, we use cash or debit, mostly cash for things and, and write actual physical checks. Mm -hmm. And I cannot be trusted in certain stores. So I talk about, you know, I have to have pretty strict boundaries around myself so that I don't overspend. And I have this saying that I tell myself all the time, and it's stay within the fence, stay within the fence. I like and that. And what it means is like, so a budget is like, you know, a fence around your money. It keeps you safe. Kind of like how a fence around your backyard keeps your kids safe, you know, from anything on the outside of the fence. And so I always tell myself, stay within the fence, stay within the fence. And so I, I definitely still have struggles. I can't use credit cards. I can't go to certain stores. I can't watch certain TV shows. But those are just all boundaries that I've set on myself to keep myself safe so that we can have a better, you know, financial future. Right. And that's good that you acknowledge that. And I mean, it, I think it's great that you wrote a book about it. And I love the title, like you said, Recovering, because I think there's some things just even around money, like uh, the impulse spending that I think we all have some sort of impulse spending in some area. Uh, sometimes whether it's brought on by anxiety, whether it's brought on just being tired or frustration, whatever the case may be. But I love that you are talking about that in your book. And I'm assuming that just came from your um, experience in your spending habits and all that. Right. Was there another reason why you wanted to write the book? Yeah, I think that there, there's this, this group of people, and I'm one of the people in this group. There's this group of people that, you know, you say terms like, you know, money is just money or you know, it's easy to, to people like us. It's, it's not, it's really, it's all wrapped up in our emotions, our impulses, mm -hmm. our living situations where we live, our family structure. I mean, there's so much that goes into money that it's not just about money. There's so many underlying right. factors. And, you know, I got sick of reading a lot of finance books, which just confused the heck out of me because it wasn't that easy to me, you know? And so I thought, you know what, like there needs to be a finance book for the people who are like the black sheep in the classroom when it comes to finances. <laughs> like those of us that sit in the back of the room that are confused, that get ourselves into debt and don't know how to get out. There needs to be a finance book for them. And since I have been through it, I thought, you know what, this is, I feel like this is a book that I'm supposed to write because I really, you know, truly believe that I, you know, I've been through this. I have gotten myself out of $40,000 with a debt. I've been teaching people how to do the same thing for the past six years. And so 
I kind of took the approach of like sharing my story, but then the second half of the book is actually a 12 step process. Okay. So I kind of made up like, you know, there's like AA and, you know, Narcotics Anonymous. I made, a, <laughs> I made, I made a recovering spenders, uh, 12 step program. I love it. I love and, it. Yeah. And so, uh, so I kind of walk through the 12 steps that I did to get out of debt and how I live happily and how I now love money and how to get from where I was to where I am now in very easy, practical steps. Right. Perfect. And I'll be sure to include a link uh, of your book in the show notes. Now, tell us a little bit about, and I'm curious, because uh, at the beginning, you said of your marriage, you were doing the budget, because that's what you saw. That's what you observed. You observed your mom doing the budget. So you took that role. Take us through maybe a month, just briefly, how you manage your month. Um, finances? Do you use spreadsheet? And take us a little bit. Do you meet once a week? Do you meet once a month? Like how do you manage your finances? I think that's a really good question because my husband is an actuary. And so he loves numbers and spreadsheets and they make me break out in a cold sweat. Like I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle it. Um, and so we sat down actually about two and a half years ago, we sat down and said, you know what? Like we need a program that's oh, as robust as one of your spreadsheets that is easy for me to use, Mark. Okay. So this is our goal. We're going to take one of your spreadsheets. That's like amazing. And we're going to turn it into a program. And so we actually developed our own drag and drop budget program. Oh, wow. And it's an online tool that you can use and you can use it on your phone and we're develop. we're going to develop an app for it. Oh, that's <laughs> exciting. Yeah. So we, we developed that and that's a part at this point, it's only a part of our, we have an online course called the financial renovation mm-hmm. and that tool is included in a part of your course fee. And so we use that on a monthly basis. We sit down the last uh, Sunday of every month and we plan for the entire month that's about to come up and we take out cash for certain things, like every week, uh, every Monday morning, we go to the bank and we take out cash for certain budgeted categories. So we take out cash for groceries, miscellaneous spending, gift money, uh, any date nights or like, and like extracurricular stuff. So we take that all out and we keep those in envelopes. Mm -hmm. And we have this thing called a money flow center. That's what we call it, where it's like a basket in our front entryway that houses all of our bills and stamps and folders and coupons and like anything that has to do with money. And so our cash goes in there. And then once it's gone, it's gone. And so that's how we do it. We sit down and we pay all the bills that need to. And because we're self-employed, we work full-time teaching people how to do this. And on our uh, our website, IamThatLady.com, we pay ourselves twice a month. So we pay ourselves from our business twice a month. And then we pay um, all of our bills from that and take out any cash that we need. And I love being you both being self-employed. I love that you said that, that you pay yourself. (laughs) You take the initiative because a lot of entrepreneurs don't do that. They are hustling and hustling to build their businesses, grow their businesses that I see that they don't pay themselves. I mean, I can't say everybody, but you know, there's a good portion that don't do that. So I think that's very important because you're doing this for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, we have a life to live and we have our own bills to pay and we have we have four kids. So like, I mean, we've got baseball and ballet and I mean, those things that, you know, we want to be able to, to do and can afford to do now that we, you know, are, it's good for our family. Right. And of course you're both self-employed. So that is 
your bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, it. that's your that's your source of income. So you, that's it. You're, uh, where others maybe it's not necessarily, but yeah, you definitely have to pay yourself. Uh-huh. We have to because that's it. That's all the money we get every month. So. Oh, I love that. And tell us about your pr- proudest money moment. Oh goodness, my proudest money moment. Okay, so this was back in 2009. I had just had my daughter, Hannah, and my son was four at the time. And around this time was when we were in the most amount of debt. So we were in $40,000 worth of debt. And I had to learn how to cut our grocery bill down from $1,000 a month to $200 a month. That is a big cut. So I had to learn how to use coupons and like meal plan and get really creative with that. But I remember one day in particular, we lived near Harris Teeter and it was a triple coupon sale. And I had spent probably about two to two and a half hours planning out this trip. And by my calculations, I was going to get like $450 with the groceries for 45 bucks. So I spent, I went there and, you know, we, we, at that time we took out cash for groceries. And so this was like right at the beginning of, of my journey, trying to figure out how to be a recovering spender. And so I went to the store and I brought both of my kids with me and we spent. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Like an hour in the store walking through the aisles and I had a full car and she chat, you know, cashed us out and. I was right, like 400 bucks worth of groceries for $45. That is amazing. That is but, but this, awesome. this is that's a good moment, but this is where the proud moment is for me. Is I forgot my cash on the counter at home. And I had a credit card on me and my checkbook. But I had to sit there and make the choice. I can write a check and know that this is going to bounce because there's no money in our checking account. And I can use my credit card even though we said we don't want to get into more debt. So I have a choice or I can go home and I can get my cash and come back. And I chose to drive 10 minutes home, get my cash, come back. And in the process, irritated the lady who had just cashed <laughs> me out. She had to like dig all of my coupons out of the cash register. But that was a proud moment for me. And, and I remember I was, I ha- you know, my son had actually, um, I had given him a bag of goldfish crackers, which we had gotten for free with coupon. So I gave it to him so he could eat them while we were in the store. Well, when right. I couldn't pay for the groceries, the lady at the grocery store line ripped him out of his hand <gasps> and he freaked out and he started crying and I had to like drag him out of the grocery store and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, why don't we have money to buy food? And like everybody was staring at me oh. and like a big temper tantrum. And it was like, it was a moment where I felt like, okay, I can do this. Like I just totally screwed everything up. But what I didn't screw up is my money. I'm going home. I'm getting the money. And I drove right back to the store and I cashed out. And um, that was like one of my proudest moments. That, And I can see why. Because that took, it, it took a lot. I mean, one, your story about being a recovering spender. Uh, you had a little kid, you know, he was little. How old was he at that he time? Was, he was four. So he yes. had the lungs on him. I mean, that's that's a tough age. <laughs> that is a tough age. And that is a lot. Of, that's definitely discipline that you did that because you had a, you stuck to the decisions and the commitment that you have made to your finances. So that that is a great story. I appreciate you sharing that. That is awesome. Now, I want to know about all these. 
Okay. So tell me a little bit how, why Aldi's, uh, of course, and you're, you have de- definitely a lot of blog posts about that on how to shop at Aldi's, how to save money. So give us a little scoop on that. Why do you choose Aldi's and like maybe your best tips, a few tips on Aldi's? Okay. So <laughs> it's funny because I think people drive by Aldi grocery stores and they look at them like, um, what is that place? Like, <laughs> well, I'm not going in there. Because it's a little weird because you have to bring a quarter right. to get a shopping cart. And then you bag your own groceries, right? So I've been shopping at Aldi so long that if I go to the regular grocery store and they bag my groceries for me, I feel like I'm in like a five-star restaurant. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> I like this. But the reason why I really like them is because they try so hard to make it affordable. So we eat gluten-free in our house. And... Gluten-free stuff is very expensive. Right. Well, if I shop at Aldi, I mean, it's like normal price for like regular stuff. They have a full gluten-free and organic line that it would blow Whole Foods to shreds. I wow. Mean, the taste of it, the price. I mean, you're going to pay half, if not more, you know, half less than you would at Whole Foods for the same product. It's a strange store because you, when you walk in, it's like only like six aisles and everything is in boxes and it's stacked. Um, right. And so it's a different way of shopping. But because, you know, you're not having, you know, there's only like four employees in the whole store and you do the whole grocery store cart thing and you don't have to, you have to bring your own bags. They can pass those savings on to the consumers like us. Absolutely. And I mean, just like I said, like they, I really enjoy their um, gluten-free and organic line and uh, we actually make, so one of the things that we do on the web, on our website is we make um, meal plans surrounding all the ingredients. Oh, that so, is amazing. Yeah. So we'll make like 20 meals, freezer meals for $150 at Aldi. And it comes with like a shopping list by aisle and instruction. Um, wow. Instructions on how to put it together. And it only takes you like between two and three hours to assemble all 20 meals. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, so we have this whole system. I can tell you, Mark with one of his spreadsheets is, uh-huh. I mean, he made a spreadsheet to make this whole thing super easy for us to put them together, but they take us hundreds of hours to put together. I uh, bet. And you're making it easier, life simpler for so many people. Exa- exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of my favorite thing. I love, uh, their food is really good. Um, you know, a lot of people are like weirded out by it, but once you go in there and realize like that you just got a whole cart of groceries for 90 bucks where it would have cost you 200 something else, you know, Right. You're like a little more willing to let go of the frills of like another grocery store. So you do your 100% your grocery shopping at Aldi's? Probably 90%. 90%. That is awesome. Two weeks ago, Aldi was closed. Like it was one of those days where I like just couldn't get to the grocery store and I couldn't shop until like 10 o'clock at night and our Aldi closes at nine. Oh, okay. Um, and so I had to go to the regular grocery store and I spent $250 on something that I know would have cost me maybe 125 at Aldi. Mm, um, crazy. So if I do go, it's like to stock up on sale items. Right. If there's a really good sale at our local grocery store. But typically, I mean, that's just where we shop. That is awesome. So you mentioned meal planning. So mm-hmm. Let's talk about meal planning a little bit because I know that is something that challenges us. At least I know in my audience, we've had various discussions in my membership group about it and in, in my free community about it. And what would you be some tips that you can give on meal planning? Because some of the challenges that have been mentioned have been obviously the time 
um, that it takes to meal plan. The other things that I haven't mentioned, sometimes the meal plan is, you know, is done, but then the day, let's say you're at work or whatever, and you just don't feel like eating what you brought to work. Mm-hmm. Um, those type of things. So how, what are some tips that you can get around that so you can continue to save money and not eat out because that's where the, <laughs> a lot yeah. of the money goes to sometimes? Well, you know, what? I, I, I find it really interesting, that comment that you said, like, you know, I bring my lunch to work and then I don't feel like eating out, right? Mm-hmm. And money is so tied to our feelings yes. that it's like, you know what, if you want to get out of debt, I don't care what you feel like. You got to eat the salad you brought for lunch because you don't have the money, you know, <laughs> like, like that's, you know, we have to change that way of thinking. And I think when it comes to meal planning, yes, it takes time, but think about it this way. There's a quote that says that for every one hour of planning, it saves you four hours of execution. So Ooh, that is good. Yes. So that is what good. If, what if you spent one to two hours a week? Yes, it might seem like a lot. And you went grocery shopping and you got everything that you needed for the entire week so that you don't have to go back to the grocery store again. And right. what if you have all your meals planned out already? And what if you made like salad in a jar or like other kind of things that you can take to work with you and you save like $200 a week, let's say, because you're not eating out and you're not spending money at the grocery store that you don't need to spend. So that means that that two hours that you just took to plan out those meals netted you $100 an hour. I love that thinking. I love that thinking. So are you telling me that you're not willing to work for $100 an hour? So that's kind of the the brain thinking that we need to to change. And when I'm dealing with myself and with clients that I work with too, it's like, okay, well, what are you willing to do? You know, you don't have you know, money to be spending this on food every month. So you can either continue to stay in debt or I can teach you just to take like a few hours a week and just plan your meals that you don't eat out. You know what you're going to have. And we always plan it around our schedule too. So like this week, my son is almost 11. So he had baseball games last night and on Monday night. And so in my meal plan, I just write out like, okay, we're doing a picnic, like sandwiches, everybody's getting sandwiches. Or last night we had, um, Mark made this like Cuban pork, Ooh, that uh, sounds so shredded, good. <laughs> shredded meat. And so we took rolls and we put the shredded meat in it and we wrapped it in tinfoil and brought it to the game. So like, we always think about what's going on in our week. Like, okay, this mm-hmm. night we're going to eat out. So that's fine. Just put it in the budget. Right. Um, and so that's kind of how we go about it. Oh, I love that. And do you have any tips on like a backup plan. Not, I don't know if I would call it a backup plan, but some quick fixes. If something happens, maybe maybe you didn't plan for the full week, or I don't know, something comes up, you don't want to eat out. What are like some quick, like a backup plan, if you will? Do you have any tips on that? Because I know you mentioned you used some of the leftovers and, and took some buns and, and made mm-hmm. sandwiches out of them. Do you have anything else that you have in mind? Or yeah, we do. Um, we do do some freezer cooking, but a lot of times. Freezer cooking goes in the slow cooker, right? So we have a few meals that we put together every month that take about like a half an hour to cook in the oven. So we have like a baked ravioli recipe and we prep it ahead of time and then it goes in the freezer so that we can just throw it in the oven for half an hour and dinner's done. Um, We also do that with chicken enchiladas (laughs) and we do it with uh, burritos, like enchiladas. So just kind of get creative with 
thinking of things that are quick and easy. And so, you know, so many times it's like, we have this like, okay, I've got to cook dinner. I'm going to cook meat, you know, a starch and a, and a, a vegetable or whatever. Mm-hmm. And on crazy nights when we're like, we don't want to fight with the kids over dinner. Like we'll totally make pancakes and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Sometimes it is a breakfast for dinner type. <laughs> we call it, we call it Brinner in our house. Oh, yeah. that is awesome. So there, there's a lot of, you know, if, if we're just having a crazy night, it's like, okay, everybody sit down. We're going to, you know, do this real quick. Everybody's getting a fried egg and some toast. That some some nights you just got to do that, and it just absolutely like a big thing. I agree. I agree. Well, I love the shift that you mentioned that you can make. Uh, you can take that. That was powerful in that quote. And then on top of that, you have these meal plans already on your website. To and I mean they coincide with Aldi's, right. uh, which is like more of a bang for your buck because you can save at Aldi's. You can help. Uh, plan these meals and you've already done all the hard work as far as putting the meal plans together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I've seen them, but I hadn't, I hadn't purchased one yet, but I'm like, Hmm, I need to, I need to really consider this. Yes. They're pretty amazing. I bet. I bet. And you, you have a family, so you have kids. So it's already been kid approved. Oh, they're kid approved and they're, they're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> For the picky eaters out there. Yep. So, oh, that is awesome. Well, this has been such a fun conversation, Lauren. So as you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. That's what we're about here. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Because if it doesn't matter to her, it's going to get all messed up. That's really like, um, I think that women are the heartbeat of a family and I don't know, like we do so much and we're we're so strong and capable that sometimes we let money off to maybe our spouse or we just don't pay attention to it. And women, you need to take control of your money because if you don't, it's, it's not going to work properly in your family. You just have to take control of it. Love it. Well, I appreciate your time. I'll be sure to include a link to your website in the show notes so people can go and check out your book, check out the meal plans, check out the blog posts about all these and just learn all about you. This has been fabulous, Lauren. So I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much, Jen. Okay. Again, I know I probably say this a lot with other guests, but seriously, you have to admit the Lauren was pretty darn amazing. I loved all she had to share, her story, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about how you can pay yourself with your own meal planning because that was very, very, a very strong and powerful message. So more than in a bit, but first, like usual, I want to do the weekly shout out. And I love doing this because I absolutely love the Her Money Matters community and loving who Jennifer D, we'll call her Jennifer D, is no exception. So she has been sharing how she's been focused on her financial journey. But what was really struck at me was that it wasn't just about the money part, the getting out of debt and the saving and all that. But what was important for her, and it just touched my heart was being able to confidently talk about money more, which as if you've been listening uh, to this podcast for a while, you know, this is music to my ears. So keep moving, Jennifer, you've got this. We're right behind you cheering you on sister. 
Now, as far as the takeaway with Lauren, let's talk a little bit about paying yourself with your own meal planning. Of course, that was the other way of thinking about is you're saving that money. But shifting how that slight shift in the thinking just makes a world of difference. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit to you, I am not the best at meal planning as far as being consistent. I do it for a while, then I don't. Sometimes I still man, of course, what happens is when I do do it, it goes great. When I don't do it, sometimes I still manage to do the cooking during the week with no problem, just because there's those popular meals that the family likes. And most of the time, I'm pretty good about having those basic staple ingredients at the house. But other times, even with having those basic ingredients, those staples, everything, I just honestly don't feel like cooking, period. I'm being real with you. That's just how it is. Now, having said that, if I put and shift my thinking as to how much I can pay myself, aka the money that we're saving, with just meal planning for especially for those weeks that I, well, I don't know I'm going on strike, but inevitably it's going to happen where I just don't feel like cooking. It's it's not going to stop, <laughs> I don't believe. Then if I think in this way, then I know that will definitely motivate me. I don't know about you, but I know that that would help. So I want to challenge you that after listening to this episode to look at your weekly spending on food, especially if you're eating out a lot. So I'm talking to you, especially if you're eating all out. If you are eating at the, at the house uh, most of the time, it's not going to be a huge savings. But if you eat out a lot, go ahead and calculate your savings from best meal planning and how much you would be paying yourself an hour by doing this, right? And then I want you to take a step further. So it's not just paying yourself that money, right? I am about making sure that money is doing something for you, right? So take that money that you're paying yourself, that money that you're saving and decide where it's going to. It doesn't have to be just one thing. You can split that money in multiple ways. It is all up to you. You can even put that money towards like, splurging on yourself. That's completely okay. The big point here is to one, see what you can save, right? And translate that and shift your mind into thinking that is how much you're paying yourself per hour, right? And then in addition to that, what are you going to do with that money? Because saving just for the sake of saving doesn't necessarily work, especially if you're thinking in your mind, oh, that saved me $100 or that saved me $200. But if you don't do anything and take that extra added step, it's not going to do you any good because that disappears nine out of 10 times. So go ahead. I challenge you to do that. And then I'd love for you to share that in our community of what you're paying yourself by the hour and where that money is going towards. And you can do that over if you haven't joined us yet at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Lauren for joining us, for sharing all that she share, had to share. You can find her at Lauren Grootman, that's G-R-E-U-T-M-A-N, Dot com And I have that link and the link for her book all in the show notes where you can find, <laughs> you can find all of that at jenhempill.com forward slash 71. So thanks again for joining me and I will talk to you again next Thursday. Thursday.